My name is Mike Garlia. And I'm Steve Jones. When Steps, The Backstreet Boys and Westlife dominated the pop charts, we decided to write a script. Based on our experiences as holiday entertainers. It sat in an attic for the last 16 years. How terrible is the writing? How awful will the acting be? Only you can help us decide. This is Bad Scripts. Welcome to a very special episode of Bad Scripts. With me, as usual, I've got everybody's favourite Geordie slash Scott. It's Mike Garlia. Hi, Mike. Hello, Steve. I think that's a bit of an extension of favourite, but okay. And joining us, our inaugural, taking our guest Cherry, is all the way from the massively popular uh, podcast Be More Super... We want to welcome Mr. Brian Garner. Welcome, Brian. Hello, guys. Be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> Someone listened to episode five, obviously. <laughs> I am. Do you know, I've got to say, Brian. Yes, I did. I'm so excited to have you uh, talk to us. Uh, we've, you know, we've, we've gone way back. You know, uh, you and you, you, Steve and I worked together for a while as well. And I've got to say, right off the bat, your podcast is brilliant. And I'm so pleased oh, that, it's, that it's really taken off and you're attracting so many people. So uh, congratulations on that. And I'm just happy that you've come along to have a chat with us. Oh, kind words, Mikey. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I think your podcast is amazing. I really do. It's so funny. It's brought back so many memories. <laughs> Obviously, they're made up characters. Uh, <laughs> let's put that out there now. Uh, they're not related to anyone that we maybe you know have worked with but you know what it's great it's great to listen to i'm really enjoying it and i'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with kelly and dan and wayne and all the (laughs) other amazing characters well i I was saying this to to steve steve and i were talking about this actually because this was literally a first draft we never went back and never revisited it again but what we what we have is we've captured a moment in time which was right after that experience and i think you can you can sort of get a a, a sense of that nostalgia as you as you go through it because the words are still very much associated with that time we were in so i'm glad it's evoking uh memories and uh and, and some form of emotional attachment with you there brian <laughs> do you know what it is bringing back the memories and i've got to say the time uh you know working there um at the non-fictional uh resort <laughs> place um yeah the resort um it was just an amazing time and it is it's great great to be on the show and and chatting to you guys because uh we shared lots of uh many great memories together absolutely i think um at one point um all three of us were x-men dressed up in the lovely costumes working working hard and posing yeah for photographs. i think so yeah <laughs> wolverine yeah, i was wolverine at one point and, yeah. and the first Wolverine, if I if I remember rightly, yeah, the first live action Wolverine. If I, uh, you know, if I can say that, I'm, I'm sorry to Hugh. But Hugh Jackman, you, yeah. move along. Hugh, Hugh, the you were the first. Yeah. 
So, Brian, just just before we get into everything, can you just give us a little yes. bit of an overview of your podcast and what it's all about? Um, so, Be More Super, the podcast, is literally surrounded by everything entertainment. So, you know, I love conventions. I love collecting movie props and autographs and all that jazz. And uh, through my podcast, I invite guests from, you know, the... the entertainment from the 80s through to uh, you know the modern shows like Van Helsing and and uh, Star Trek Discovery and I get them on the show and we have a very candid chat about you know where they've been um, what they're doing at the moment and uh, we have some really great conversations and it's nice to spend a bit of time with the uh, stars that I've watched over the many years and there's loads more to come, so I'm really, really enjoying it. Fantastic. I mean, Brian, I mean, we're 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 um we're big fanboys of your podcast anyway. Hence, why we've uh, yeah, why we've uh, <laughs> we're not blowing smoke up your ass. No, um, because obviously, and just for anybody out there that that you know, we just make it aware that um that we've known Brian for 20 years, and uh, so it's 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 lovely to see. Um, how this podcast that you started on your own in your house that you know you you've taken your love of all things um, movies and TVs and you've you've turned it into something that so many people around not just the UK but around the world now enjoy and getting to speak to some of your your heroes I mean what would you what would your what would your 10 year old self say if if he knew that in years time he would be speaking to the likes of um eric roberts or some of the some of the amazing directors that you've you've had on your show as well well to be honest my 10 year old self wouldn't be able to say anything because at that's that point i couldn't even say anything without stuttering uh, <laughs> so <laughs> no, i'm not laughing at your stutter for... sorry i'm not just to be clear. no it's no it's fine <laughs> At 10, literally, I couldn't get a sentence out edgeways. Um, you know what? I think you'll be amazed because at the age of 10, I was watching Best of the Best. I was watching, you know, these martial arts movies. And now I'm actually, you know, one-on-one interviewing the main stars of these movies. It's just crazy. And now I think it's very surreal. When we get back from COVID restrictions and, you know, I'll, I'll be going to these premieres, you know, I'm going to be sat opposite stars. It's just going to be bizarre. It really, really is. Uh, but good old modern technology, not, not you know, technology has let me, you know, connect with these people from across the pond. Now, I, I do have a, a particular question to ask. I was going to wait to the end, but I'm going to throw it in right now because we're talking about it. Um, when you interview Thomas Jane, yes. who I'm, a, I'm a very big fan of Thomas Jane. Actually, I always have been right from his early <laughs> films, um, you know, up to uh, you know some of the some of the latest stuff he's done. But I've got to ask one question. Did he feel bad? And do you know if he felt bad at the end of The Mist? Because that still haunts me to this day. <laughs> uh, to be honest, uh, the end scene of The Mist is just shocking, isn't it? It really, really is. Um, to be honest, we didn't really get on to talking about The Mist that that that, that much. Um, I know he's a massive Stephen King f- um, fan. And he's, he's actually been in four, you know movies that are based on Stephen King books we did go and talk about the Punisher and Mm. him actually stabbing for real Kevin Nash (laughs) wow so in 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 one of the scenes he actually stabbed Kevin Nash and he actually felt really really bad but 
but he got over it. But um, <laughs> funnily I'm enough, sure that when, when, the salary when, came when I interviewed, <laughs> yeah, uh, when I actually interviewed uh, Thomas Jane, we FaceTimed each other, and he answered his FaceTime, and I thought he was naked. He literally didn't have anything on top, and he was there smoking a pipe. <laughs> and um, and then he asked, "Is this being recorded for video?" I said, "No." And he said, oh, okay, good. And then we continued <laughs> with the interview uh, at 2.30 in the morning. Does does he think he is that porn star from Boogie Nights? Was that who he was being right there? <laughs> to be honest, he looked like him. And I'm, <laughs> Did he sure, have the I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Do you know what? No, I, I, I don't had, think so, actually, thinking back. That sounds like a Will Ferrell parody, the sort of thing he would have done on, <laughs> on there. So, do you know what? That's That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, to he... be honest, I have got a picture. I have got a screenshot <laughs> of him answering. <laughs> so, my, Mikey, I will share that with you, you know, in secret. <laughs> Just don't share it around. <laughs> it's not for the wide <laughs> Yes, audience. so if anyone's listening to this and you want an um, unsolicited picture of Tommy... No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Um, or maybe I would. I don't know. I'm open to office. Um, it depends so on what you're Did he have a view of John Berthnell? No, totally. Did he have a view on John Berthnell's interpretation of the Punisher then? Yeah, he loves him. He loves him. Um, you know, I don't I don't think he's he's that sort of, you know, um upset about Punisher two not being made. Um and we did speak speak about the the uh John Berthnell, you know, ad, ad, adaptation of the Punisher. And he was in agreement with me. I just think that that series is absolutely amazing. And there's rumours that they are going to be going back to filming another season. Well, it's back in Marvel's so, hands again uh, now, isn't it? That is on... Yes, it is. So I'm looking forward to it. So. And I'm okay us talking about this because you are officially sponsored by Netflix. So whatever we say right <laughs> now is endorsed by that company. <laughs> Don't. Do you know what? Do you know what? I interviewed Doug, Doug Jones for Star, oh, Star Trek Discovery. He's brilliant. And I, I had so many emails from Netflix mm-hmm. telling me what I could talk about and what I couldn't talk about. Wow. Literally, they had me down so tight. <laughs> it was like it took half my questions away and it was the same with Wes, Wes Chatham from The Expanse Amazon sent me tons of emails uh, saying please don't mention they're currently filming season 6 <laughs> are you allowed to mention it now? The world, yeah of course I am yeah I mean the creator said it like two days after my interview so I don't know what the problem was now, I've got to say, big fan of Doug Jones. Um, he's, you know, the work he's done with um, Del Toro has been, is, well, oh. it's career-making, hasn't it, to be fair? Oh, Labyrinth. Pan's, mm. Pan's lab, lab, Labyrinth. Absolutely amazing. And he's, do you know what? He's lovely. Absolutely so sweet and and so 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 kind with his time. Yeah, he does. He amazing. does seem that sort of guy. You know, you can you can often tell when people are genuine and it does appear, you know, that he, one, one he loves what he does and two, he... He's really keen to to share that with the world and and you know engage with everybody that that wants to engage with him. So that's really nice to nice to hear. Cool. So Brian, you know we I could go on about Hollywood and actors and stars because you know we have very similar uh, likes in that respect. But I want to talk about bad scripts, and I feel that we <laughs> should give that some airtime as well because I'm keen to 
you know, get a sense of how this stacks up in your mind. And uh, and I know Steve's got some questions and some thoughts on that. But, you know, we don't really get to the listeners respond in terms of uh, the, you know, the, they're finding it quite funny and they can't believe we said certain things. But it'd be nice to have a bit of a, a critique, so to speak, around um, around what we've recorded so far. Would that be okay um, to suggest that? Yeah, no, no, no. That's you no, know, no. That's fine. Um, no, the show is 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 brilliant. The characters are, are fantastic. You know, you get a real good sense of the type of character they are. Uh, the accents are awesome. They really are. <laughs> Sorry, did you say Especially... awful or awesome? I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Awesomely awful. No, they they're awesome, um, and it adds to it. It's great. You know, who wants to hear a straight, you know, script being written uh, like like read out normally? And and it's great. You know what? You can tell that you guys are having fun doing it, and and it makes it that more special. And the character the characters are hilarious. They really are. Dan, I'm really liking Dan. Should I like Dan? Well, I don't know. This is I something. <laughs> this is something that that actually. As we were, and we, we've not read that, and this is something that we always say on the we don't read through. Okay, we don't read through. We did, we've no. read the treatment for each episode, which is, for anybody that doesn't know what a treatment is, it's kind of a, an elevator pitch of what the episode's about. Um, so we have a rough idea of where the story's going to go. But remember, it's been 16 years since it's even been looked at, 18 years since it was written. And so we don't, we really have, can't remember what these characters, we've we got a basic idea of what they're like. But we don't know what's coming, what they're going to do in the next pages. And we really weren't liking Dan. And we were thinking, why have we written this guy so horrible? And everybody that's fed back to me saying, I love Dan. He's great. And you're thinking, (laughs) maybe we've judged him wrong. Maybe we're a bit harsh. I don't know. He he, he does things that, well, I mean, look, a lot of the things Dan gets involved with, you know, and I'm not saying... Dan's an amalgamation of a few different things that happened and a few different people that we knew. He's not really one person in particular, but you'll know from that time, Brian, there was a lot. I mean, it was a little bit wild. There was a lot, you know, structure and we were all very disciplined, but you, you, you plucked a bunch of 19, 20 year olds out from who, who lived at home mainly and stuck them into this place together and said, right, go and do a job. And then what do you do when you're not doing that job? Or So I, I think he represents... Do you know what you do, Mikey? Do you know what you do? You you run around the static caravans naked with just, just a Union Jack flag and a spatula and a Teletubby backpack knocking on doors and slapping people in the head with a spatula. That's what you do. <laughs> That was very. So this is you talking now, Brian. (laughs) No, that is a character called Bob. Um, (laughs) He's a bit like Dan, the man with a plan from a frying pan. But uh... (laughs) no, let's go back. So Brian, how did that situation come about? Where you were running around a? And we're not talking three caravans. We're talking a lot of caravans. You're running around naked, Union Jack flag, spatula. Give us like, where did that come from? Why not? Why not? Do you know what? We were crazy back then. Honestly, we're having fun. And, and there was another holiday entertainer that decided to uh, fill a caravan with lots of people and end up driving a car into it. Uh, there is lots of things. Yeah, the caravan was resting on top of the car, basically. Um, you know, there was there was some good memories. And you know what? There's... Health and safety didn't, I, didn't appreciate I could... it, but you know. 
I, I can remember smuggling someone in the boot of my car into the camp, not mentioning any names, um, but I'm, I'm sure someone might I, remember I'm, that. I'm going to point, I'm um, going to stop you there. Um, Brian, and, and let's go right back Steve. to the beginning here now on how this worked out. So um, but myself and Brian, I mean, and we've said I've known Brian since we were about 16 years old and uh, we went to college together and we'd worked at um, a theme park together and a restaurant together and stuff. And, um, Brian noticed that uh, they were uh, recruiting for this holiday resort, but the day of the audition, I was actually on holiday, so I couldn't go. I was in Tenerife, so I couldn't go and, and join Brian for this audition. And Brian, you obviously, because of your your talent, and we'll talk about your performing history a little bit later, I guess, as well, um, you, you got a job and you went off and and I stayed at home and, and cried into my pillow. Um and uh, <laughs> and a few weeks later, you gave me a call and said, would you like to come to the resort and, and stay? And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be brilliant. I'd be love to see how it goes and stuff. What I didn't realize at the time was that wasn't really allowed uh, and I would have to have no. paid for a holiday. And so your, uh, your girlfriend at the time, I believe, picked us up from the train station and I had to get in the boot of yeah. your, her, her car and drive onto site and just hope that security on the gate didn't do a spot check on her car as I was lying there in the boot like I'd been kidnapped by some sort of mob gang. Um, <laughs> and I've never been so nervous in my life. Nervous? I felt like I was smuggling drugs across the border. <laughs> Honestly, I sat there, beads of sweat coming down. I remember we covered you with a duvet. Yep. And I kept on talking to you from the front seat going, Steve, shh, 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 shh. Well, what was, and, what, what, was Steve just incessantly rabbiting on or was he, no, was he, he breathing kept on loud? Saying, are we he was th- breathing loud, wasn't no, he? No, he was saying, are we there yet? <laughs> mainly, mainly because I think this was like a Fiesta or a, or a, or a Metro. So It was a Volvo. It was a Volvo. It, I, it didn't feel that big. It didn't time. feel that big. <laughs> That's why I needed to know if we were there. I was cramping. It was, like, oh, God. It was probably the duvet. <laughs> you have no idea, Steve, how much I had to hold back from saying that's what she said when you just said that. <laughs> uh, so that so that was my first taste of being on resort. And then and then Brian said, look, they're, they're looking for, for some more of the entertainers. We, we're not got enough this year and uh, you know those people that have listened to um, some of our anecdotes previously will know that me and Mike both then went at, on the same day pretty much I think and, and did these on-site auditions we didn't go to the um, the wider auditions and and it was a case of uh, can you stand up on stage without fainting yes can you move without tripping over your own feet yes all right you've got a job and then the next week look at you <laughs> The next week we were so looking that, you. That, that, that opens up an interesting debate that we've had on some of the shows, and that is the A team and the B team, Brian. So you are most definitely the A team. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You could I don't sing, know. No, you were. A, you know, I remember. I've, I've seen you sing. You're a very good singer. You're a good mover. Um, given what I've what I've shared with my audition, uh, definitely B team, Steve. I think you've you've just dropped into the B team. I'm afraid, my friend. <laughs> but as we said before, it was. It was then in our second season when we were kept on that I felt that we'd earned that promotion to stay in the A team. Do you know what I mean? We'd we'd we'd, um, we'd won ourselves over to stay in the uh, in the running to be there, and and that's when we went down to to London for the big auditions that we uh, we talked about in the first episode. So um, it was it was it was a massive thing. I remember when um, the team got sort of you know 
chopped up sort of thing. And, you know, there were 60 of us, I think. Yeah. And then there was only like 20 left. Yeah. I think it was over the Chris Christmas period. And and I can remember an individual uh, telling these um, holiday um, entertainers if they were staying or going by by saying knock knock. Who's there? And then and you'll say Brian. <laughs> and, <laughs> honestly, that's how this person told the holiday entertainers if they were staying or going. Yes, but you remember the punchline. It was knock knock. Who's there? Yep, who's there? Brian. Brian who? That's show yeah. business for you. <laughs> yeah. And that's how arrogant that individual was. <laughs> and I think it's safe to say that that Wayne very much takes a lot of his characteristics from that particular individual. So you know, we uh, obviously we protect everybody's um, identity on this show, apart from our, our own. And and um, you know, we still look back fondly on those times and with those people. And we had some great laughs, even with those yeah. individuals. But it it was yes. quite cutthroat, and it was very kind of if you're out, you're out, and that's it. So you've you've got to be on it. And I think that's why we've taken a little bit of license with our with the script in so much as half of the people that are there aren't really supposed to be there. You know, they they probably weren't up to it. And I think that's kind of our way of getting our own uh, demons out about why we <laughs> looked into the job in the first place and, and managed to, to get going. So, so, so Brian, there, there is a question that I've been wanting to ask you, actually. And that was, are you were you part of the breadcrumb gang? The breadcrumb gang. The breadcrumb. So there was a theme back then. So uh, for the listeners, just to give you to give you an idea, it was tinned oh, caravans that, that were just rows and rows and rows of them. We all stayed in there. We all, you know, like three birth caravans. Yeah. The breadcrumb gang would know when your day off is and throw breadcrumbs or bread on top of your uh, caravan, which would then bring <laughs> the birds over in the morning. And it was like... Tap, tap, yeah, tap. it was... Were you part of that breadcrumb gang? No, no, no. I, I can remember it happening to me, um, but I was, wasn't was part of that gang. And you know what? I had forgot about that, and now it's like coming back. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. You were, wake up on your you day off. Were you part of the gang? Are you trying to uh, you know shift the direction onto other people? Uh, maybe you, this uh, is his confessional. I don't know. Maybe I can neither conform nor deny my involvement. Uh, <laughs> this was the thing. So, I mean, I'm not suggesting that I ever took part in this, but I think what you did was you you knew that that evening you'd throw the bread on. So that about four in the morning, when they were finally getting the lie in, that's when the tapping would start as the light was coming up and the bird, the seagulls would appear, and you you could tell whose so whose caravan it was because there was just a um, a flock of seagulls, if excuse the pun, <laughs> there on the roof ready tapping away and then uh... it, it was literally like an episode of jurassic park you would see your water shivering next to you, you know, the kung, 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 kung. And, and them caravans are thin they are thin oh no They're, we know they, they are that thin that 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 i had a holiday entertainer um leave in the middle of the night because uh them Caravans were that thin. <laughs> oh right! So, what you, you Brian, that? what are you saying here? Was this a, was this a night of passion with Kelly that you're talking about right now? 
It could be. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> yes, well, you know that whole "Don't come a knocking if the caravan is rocking" uh, was definitely a, uh, a a theme back then, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah on breeze blocks. The caravans were on breeze blocks. I'm going to be blocks. careful now, guys. I'm married. Uh, but you know what? I'm a married man, and my past doesn't exist. <laughs> Happily married, man. And, and would like to point out that so are myself and and Mike. So you know, everything that we say yes. now is is you know is is with the exception that we learned our lesson and we've met the 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 love of our lives now. So that's all good. Exactly. Um, well, Brian, exactly. I have a deep confession to make to you. Really? I do. Okay. Are you going to make it or are you just building up the tension? No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm building dramatic tension. I'm building dramatic tension. I thought it was so wind. Part of one of our characters' characteristics is also based on you. Can you guess? <laughs> Wait a second. Can you guess which one it is? Better not be Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Dan. It's not Dan. Wait a second. So, so what characteristics are you talking about? I'm interested. In that. I'm intrigued. Just some of your um, your persona. I'm not. I don't want to say too much more because I want you. I want to see if you can recognise yourself in any of the characters oh, so far. That's that's hard. That's harsh. Well, I'm def. Well, 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 I'm definitely not Wayne. No. Um, we could take that out of the equation. And I'm not Dan. Dan, the man that can with with a frying pan. <laughs> On the mic. Um, I don't know. I don't know, and I'm intrigued. And and I'm, I'm, you know what? I feel slightly honoured that I, I may be part of this character, <laughs> but slightly scared as well. <laughs> yeah. um, because remember, you wrote it many moons ago. So uh, I'm just thinking, we all left on good terms. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did. And, uh, and Brian, maybe, maybe this little hint will, will help inform you on this one is you were always known back then as a really nice guy. Oh, well, some of the ladies might not say that when he left at, you know, seven in the morning, not to call them again, but you know, we went, (gasps) I'm just kidding. That never happened. He was in a long lasting relationship back then, if I remember rightly. (laughs) Yeah, but not just with one person. So, you know, it it depends on, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. All of that, all of that. Leave, leave them dancers out of it. All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't know i don't know oh i feel really bad i'm like "Ah, i think you need to i think you need um, to put him out of his misery now mike and just give just just let him know what so some of your uh more chivalrous characteristics are within adam oh okay okay i'm all right with that (laughs) (laughs) you see you get well this is it i think um you know, you could, we uh, uh, some of some of the the clumsiness maybe Robin. I was thinking might there might be a little element of because you know you have you have been known to to fall over occasionally, not always through alcohol. So um... oh no, I'll fall over all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> right now, you know, my wife will tell you literally, I can't go downstairs without injuring myself. So uh, it's about right. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that's just age now, isn't Lego. it? We, we struggle going down the stairs. <coughs> oh, don't with age. You know what? It's it's when you get out of bed in a three-step stage. You know what I mean? It's like you get up, you you groan, you turn around, you groan, and literally, oh, yeah, it's age. I'm I'm 41 now and grey, and yeah. 
feel like about 60. <laughs> you no see, comment. You see, we, we lived we lived hard while we were young, and, and we're paying for it now. <laughs> yeah, we're paying for it now. <laughs> so, Brian, here we go then. Here's, yes. the, here's the crux of this, right? So, one thing we never did was actually read through the treatments. And we can't read through treatment two and treatment three, because that will give too much away in the episode. But you, I mean, you dilly and dally with lots of Hollywood stars. I want you to channel their decision-making skills when we read the treatment okay. to you and uh, and then and then give us your view straight afterwards you know okay. is that okay steve to do that absolutely mike and i trust you 100% to read that okay here we go then and and interrupt as you as you wish episode 1 treatment episode 1 is the introduction to camp holidays it begins with a well-known image of the british holiday knobbly knees and all a couple of forward-thinking executives devise a plan to bring their resort into the 21st century with a bang. After a few million pounds of investment and with a gleaming new centre, Camp Holidays begins a search for their stars of the future. We meet lots of hopefuls in a pop star style audition with the talented, the potential and the downright awful. Needless to say, there is a problem in the selection process and a dippy secretary manages to mix up a file containing the accepted applicants and the rejects leading to a motley crew of employees for the forthcoming season. The park opens to a mixture of criticism and delight from guests and press alike. People complaining, it's not like the old days. The short, the, sorry, the story shifts to the entertainment staff. Their character, work, social and sexual relationships. We meet the individuals given the task of entertaining the audience for the season. Adam, the reserved yet charming performer. Kelly, the sex kitten and alluring yet somehow sinister creature. Dan, the Mancunian wide boy. Robin, the girlish dancer. <clears throat> Sam, the sweet girl next door. Donna, the shy and quiet beauty. Plus several others who remain in the background. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't be bothered to write uh, characters for them. Just, they, could just, they could just be extras. We'll stick them in. The management struggle along with the mismatched team they have, trying to keep some form of decorum and professionalism. Dan, a constant form of irritation to them as a way of causing mayhem with even the simplest of tasks, including turning a kid's disco into a full-blown rave. We are introduced to the camp mascot, Moo the Cow, a slightly scary-looking costume with giant udders. That meets disaster in its maiden voyage. The seedier side of the industry is seen in the closing scenes as sexual encounters and sordid meetings saw the squeaky clean image of the holiday entertainer. This episode introduces a comic yet truthful insight into the world of British holiday entertainers that shows how removed from the outside world these types of resorts can be and the situations that occur within. That's the treatment that was written all those years ago. That is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? Just, just hearing that, you know, you know, like with with like series like Benidorm on on TV that's done extremely well, mm. this could be turned into such a good show. It really could. I can imagine it now. And I mean, obviously there'll be cop, cop, copyright, you know, is, issues, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, people don't know anything, like, <laughs> you know, where it's based, but. Uh, yeah, I reckon this could be a really good show. Uh, but, and you know what's funny about that? You say that it's because this predates that show, and it predates some of yeah. the other uh, the holiday uh, repping type things as well that were out there. That I think 
that when we saw it came out, it kind of reminded us of what we'd done, and and we thought we were like, oh yeah, that that really was like what we what we'd said, you know, and that that whole side of uh, of holidays that people don't really understand, and everybody sees the glossy um, front of house stuff, but not the fact that. And I'm going to share yeah. a, a little secret about um, our menu as a as a caravan because me and Mikey were placed in the same caravan uh, to live, um, and and. Brian, as you'll attest, we didn't get paid a lot of money back then. Very little money. <laughs> no, £100 a week, yeah. if memory serves. So, you know, you wouldn't get out of bed for that now. Um, and a lot of that would be spent at the pub on the Friday night. And then you've got to survive yeah. the rest of the week <laughs> with what was left. So what we tend to do, me and Mikey, we'd go, right, food shop time, straight down to uh, the local supermarket and we would buy hot dogs in brine and instant mashed potato flakes of the um, own store in brand version. Um, then we would, because we couldn't be bothered to cook really, we would put open the tin of hot dogs, pour brine and all into the kettle, boil those up in the kettle, <laughs> then pour the water into a bowl with the potato flakes and make briny mash to eat with those hot dog sausages and and that was that was what we sustained ourselves with through the week um so i'm just trying to give a little bit of an insight into our priorities at that age and, in, uh, and, that and i'm blaming both you and brian for this because you both worked together in restaurants steve claimed he was a chef and that's <laughs> the kind of food he came out with that's what he served Listen. to me if you can ha- if you want to have your broke back mountain you know romantic meals together of hot dogs <laughs> and uh, <laughs> fake mashed potato i guess that's where it all started <laughs> for you two so, i guess my question is Brian, what 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 would what sustained you back then what was your you know how did how did you uh, survive on on such a a meager wage um, and manage to get through the week do you know what i you know i can't remember um you know um food wise I, I i can remember buying you know the sausages that you get in like the vacuum packed um sort of wrapper um and it's like vacuum packed yeah i remember having a lot of those and then i went into the um <laughs> yeah lots of sausages it was it was sausage it, it was rumored <laughs> to be fair no. but <laughs> But I went into the staff staff canteen every now and again, but it was like a um, a horror movie, like Wrong Turn. <laughs> it was sort of like all the hills of eyes. It reminded me a um, bit of it. Was like um, if anybody ever saw the Victoria Wood series Dinner Ladies, it reminded me a little bit like that. It's like this is the place where the people they are employing that that they don't that they want the public to see. This is where they put them to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were very lovely people who were just trying to oh. eke out a living the same as the rest of us. A- absolutely. But you know what? How did how did we, uh, you know, keep going? I mean, we were active from like the break of dawn to early hours of the morning, but yet we still had the energy. And but that... now, you know, I-, I go to the shops and I just I'm worn out. <laughs> and that was <laughs> you have just rem- honestly, I've just had a flash of a memory there because you and I used to do the breakfast show. Do you remember the? bleary-eyed people sitting there around. <laughs> okay, I want you all to clap your hands. 
in those horrible costumes that someone had wore the night before that were still damp with sweat. <laughs> well, we're not going to get into that because there was a certain individual that wore it so much that apparently the stitching came away uh, through sweat. Oh, rotted out. Oh, my goodness. Yuck. Yes. <laughs> Which it all the costumes had a lovely aroma about them. Um, you know, it just smelt of hard work and, <laughs> and commitment. And Febreze. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Febreze. was our saviour, wasn't it? Good I used old to, Daisy. I used to snort it before I got in so that it killed anything in, in my nostrils so I didn't have to smell the sweat of, of whoever had been in there before. And I think people don't well, understand that, that was, uh, the genuine yeah. dread. If you were going to be in one of those skin characters, the genuine dread of what you would face when you, you know, put that over your head. Do you know what? I've got to mention as well, um, Steve, the day that you were a Power Ranger and and I can remember uh, a young boy in a wheelchair being wheeled backstage and the, the golden rule of being a character, you don't speak. So this little boy was was wheeled backstage and you was in your Power Rangers costume. The red one. And, yeah. yeah, and and they literally just l- left the little boy... <laughs> And you together, <laughs> and and um, if you can explain, Steve, what 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 you did next? I genuinely don't. <laughs> can you remember? I don't remember. Did I wheel him around? You literally. No, no, you didn't wheel him around. <laughs> I take it for a wonder. Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> no, no, you. Sorry, I'm coughing now. <clears throat> no, you 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 broke your silence and did a great American accent, and you went. Hi, I'm the Power Ranger, and like this, and you shook his hand, and um, it was hilarious. I, I just literally could not <laughs> thinking back. I, I'd now, forgotten that little boy's uh, face. I'd forgotten all about that, and um, there's a, there's another story um, that we were probably going to save till later in in the uh, in the season, but I think probably with you here, Brian, as well, to testify, and not just me and Mike, that this is probably as good time as any to talk about. So. For a while, Brian, both yourself and me did did a little bit of street entertaining while we were there as well. If you remember, I think you we were. Did, yes. What was your character with Bob, or was it the the builder guy? No, what was his name? no, it was it it was Willie Fixit. Willie Fixit, yes. <laughs> Which I mean, I'd have used a spanner, but um, you know, whatever floats your boat. Looking back now, looking back now, it was an innocent word, you know, name Willie. Well, Fixit, that's where Willie but, the Walrus probably you know. came from, to be honest. But um, and. And, and I and I played uh, uh, frisbee, um, yes. and um, I remember on one particular occasion um, we would do in an afternoon a, a session of circus skills. So you would have plate spinning, and there'd be um, diablos, and we would get the kids to to join in and try these things. And uh, at one point, I was doing some juggling clubs, and I was juggling with the juggling clubs, um, and this child who couldn't be more than about four or five, ran up to me full pelt and grabbed hold of my genitals and lifted his feet off the ground and suspended himself completely. Um, (laughs) I was swinging from my nuts, I think is the only way of putting it. And I didn't know, I I didn't know what to do. I was in so much pain (laughs) and my hands were full. Oh! (laughs) Um, that's what I was. That's the noise I was making, not he was making. <laughs> and I, I raised my juggling club up, looked down at the kid, and just 
gently bonked him on the head with the juggling club to get him to release his iron-like grip. At which point, I mean, I felt bad anyway. I just basically assaulted a child. But then I, the kid, the kid stopped and, and ran away. And, and I fell to the ground in what can only be described as labor pains. I can only imagine would feel. And then was sort of helped to hobble backstage. And and Mike, you were you were backstage at the time with with me. And and um, the the wardrobe mistress at the time, the wardrobe manager, actually said let me have a look and i'll see if there's been any damage and she she did she took a look um and when she stopped laughing um she <laughs> she, she said you'll have to go to the hospital man <laughs> yeah. she wasn't a geordie i decided to point out in in real life but she said i think you need to go and and see somebody about this and nobody really wants to go to the hospital with an injury to their privatist areas you know it's not something you want to be advertising and now the the little seaside town where we lived had a hospital but brian i don't know if you ever went there it, i have it's not really a hospital it's like someone's front room. it was it's like a bungalow wasn't it and they had <laughs> yeah. a, a waiting room and then there was a treatment room or a triage room which was essentially this like you say the size of someone's living room and it had about four cur- curtained off areas so I, I managed to get we managed to get a taxi there and Mike joined me um as as moral support. He didn't have to support anything else, it was fine. Um and I was holding your head yeah. in my hands. <laughs> Sorry? Um <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was still in in a pair of light blue dungarees, had um red face paint on my cheeks and a baseball cap on sideways at this point. Because my priority wasn't making sure I'd got changed. Um, and we waited and waited for about an hour. And then um, a lady who who was the, I think she was the sister, um, the um, the nurse, came up. And she was, and she was lovely. And she was a, a rather rotund um, West Indian lady. And, and she proceeded to examine my testicles while Mike sat nervously next to me in the treatment room, <laughs> wishing he could have been anywhere else in the world other than where he was. And, uh, and and this lady turns and she says, well, Mr. Jones, and excuse my South, Af- South African, well, excuse my West Indian accent here. It appears that you've dislocated your testicle and we're going to have to give you a surgical support for it till it heals. And obviously I was curious as to <laughs> what this thing was. And they gave me what looked like a jock strap, But it had a hole in it to put something through so you could continue to function and, and do your bathroomy duties. But it had the equivalent of what looked like Onslow from um, Keeping Up Appearances string vest to support your balls. And instead of just giving it to me, she insisted that, so I know how it was done, she would put it on for me. So at this point, I'm sure, Mike, you would have been... While while I was sat in the corner watching um, in a chair, <laughs> in f- all you could see was my knees <laughs> and my hands. Um, if, Steve, I've got to say, an opportunity lost, because I promise you right now that if we had the phones we had now back then... <laughs> 
<laughs> I would have gone to town on you, my friend. Sorry? And I do remember that. And I do remember thinking to myself, because we didn't know each other that particularly well at that point. I remember thinking to myself, we're either going to be friends or we're not going to be friends <laughs> over what I've just seen. Hanging brains. Hanging brains going into a string vest. Um, and it's the way she just... Long life yeah. friends. <laughs> she said, she said, top of her voice, and bear in mind, remember, we're in the size of someone's living room. And only thing that's stopping anyone else from seeing what's going on is this flimsy little hospital curtain. And she went, right, pull these up then. So I pulled them and she went, right, just put your penis in the hole for me, Mr. Jones. And so then all you could hear from all the other cubicles around, the sick people on their holidays is... (laughs) (laughs) And she proceeds to, you know, get me dressed, should I say. Tells me then I'm going to have to wear this support for the next six weeks. But she only gave me one of them. Um, (laughs) Then I had to leave and walk past all of the other cubicles where people were being treated. Walk? Well, it it was more of a hobble than (laughs) a walk. It was something akin to um, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, as I dragged myself across the uh, the hospital floor and, and <laughs> forlornly got into the taxi back to the resort. And I think I can honestly say that's probably still the most embarrassing moment of my, my life ever. <laughs> <laughs> and it is an Steve absolute Humby. surprise to me <clears throat> that I now have two children. Well, Steve, on behalf of Brian and myself, thank you for sharing. I'm glad this turned into a counselling session for you where you could um, release yourself of that burden, um, quite literally. Uh, But thank you for reminding me of that story. (laughs) And this is a safe place. And obviously that story is just kept between me, you and uh, Mikey. So uh, thank you as well. (laughs) Oh, dear. So, Brian. So, Brian, let's uh, let's close off on this because I'd like to spend yeah. just a few more minutes talking about your wonderful podcast. But before we we close off, it's, it's probably more remiss of us just to talk to you about the the, the episode. You, you've listened to all the podcasts, you've heard it, you know, you you've resonated with it. The question I think we should be asking because it's the title of the podcast: Is it a bad script? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's funny, honestly. Do you know what? It's it's a really good mixture uh, of of humour and, 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 and the characters. I just think they're very well written. And I think with scripts that, you know, you've got to establish the characters and you've got to give that character flesh and bones. And it's very hard to do it f- from paper. And it's down to the person's imagination that's listening that who's going to, you know, bring that character to life from your writing. And I've got to say, it does that. And it's really, really nice. And, and it's been a great escape uh, to listen to those uh, episodes. And um, I want to be like Dan, the man. <laughs> I really do. Like and his DJ man. skills. So is there a favourite moment know? for you so far, then, um, of the it five? Is, it is the DJ skills. <laughs> it's, 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 when, it's when the girl comes up and says, uh, can I have Westlife? <laughs> it's like, no, they've been nicked. Can I have uh, blue? No, they've been nicked. And then he goes on to play trance. I think it's awesome. <laughs> if if only I, I I was able to do that, <laughs> that would have been awesome. But instead, no. 
we had to play the same old thing <laughs> night after night <laughs> and i think we probably got yes. we probably got some photos knocking around somewhere of a few of us dancing next to a dj box in a particularly brightly colored suits um and our oh, jackets doing that you know what i can remember I, I, I can remember one, one, one time, I remember I ran out of clean pants and um, <laughs> I had to have my coat on without any pants Commando. on. And I can remember I was on the dance floor and I can't remember who was DJing, but they said, get up, get up. Um, you, you know, we, we've got hot stuff on next. And can you imagine being on top of one of those speakers? A lot of thrusting. There's a lot That's of thrusting in that routine. Exactly. With no support. And you know how... Honestly, I finished that dance routine, walked away, and um, I felt like going to confession. <laughs> and um, I had strong words for myself because <laughs> you should have spoke to Steve and got a copy of his string nudges um, holders. You could, yeah, <laughs> he'd have known. Do you know what? He could have sold them. He could have sold them to keep everything together during the dance routines. <laughs> and yeah, but you know what? There's a serious side to that in so much as we worked six days a week, and like you say, from like first thing in the morning till early hours of the morning and so your one day off you had to do your washing and your shopping and rest as well so <laughs> that's why you know you'd wear your pants the right way around you wear them back to front and you wear them inside out and once you had gone past that point it had to be commando you had no choice in the matter so you know i can i have yeah. i feel sorry that solidarity for you there brian because that's definitely <laughs> thank you i don't think you were the only one that did that let's just say that <laughs> Well, Brian, good, thank you good. so, so much for, uh, well, not only uh, being kind enough to listen to the, the episodes, but also being kind enough with your words. And I'm so, uh, yeah, on behalf of Steve and myself, um, I know, you know, we go back a long time. It's good to hear that endorsement from someone that was there to go, do you know, a lot of this stuff really did happen. Um, but if it's okay, and uh, I, I'd love to go back and talk a little bit about, you know, a bit more about Be More Super. Yeah, of course. Steve, do you have any questions? Because I'm taking a lot of airtime here. <laughs> well, I've just told you my story. I've given my confessional, so I felt like I, I had to you let have. you uh, <laughs> let you talk a little bit while I just processed my therapy session there. But um, so, so Brian, I mean, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, is there anybody coming up that you've that you were interviewing soon that you're really excited about? Or maybe that you could give us a scoop over who you're going to be speaking to, or is that is that super secret? No, no, no. So um, I've got James Morrison's uh, in interview coming out on Sunday, um, which is awesome. You know, CTU director from 24 who played uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Buchanan. Buchanan. I've also got Carlos Bernard, who played Tony Almeida um, from 24. I've also got, um, uh, who else have I got? Anna Hopkins that was in uh, The Expanse. And she was in Shadowhunters uh, and Bad Blood, which is on Netflix. Um, and then I've got Kim Coates coming back onto the show uh, to talk about Van Helsing, because Van Helsing is com com coming out very soon. Um, and loads, loads more. I've got some people from Mortal Kombat, the movie. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Uh, com coming on. Um, That's getting a lot of buzz yeah, as well, Mortal Kombat, isn't it? It's getting quite a bit, a lot it, of heat it, at you the know moment. What? It looks amazing. I've seen a special preview of Mortal Kombat, and it's going to blow your socks off. Because I think it really, really will. Because I think, and, and uh, you know, all of us are the same age. And I think, as as teenagers, as young teenagers, Mortal Kombat came out, and it was a it was a game that kind of really changed things for all of us. And the the films that subsequently came out, they were okay, but 
they never really did justice to the the game and the story that went ran through that game. And you know what? When I watched that trailer for this new one, I just thought this person's a fan. This person, you know, has knows about these characters. And yeah, they've introduced a new character to help drive the narrative and what have you. But they genuinely seemed to care, and it wasn't just you know um, <clears throat> Street Fighter. Um, so that's going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing those interviews then. Um, so you've got a yeah, very, very busy slate, Brian. Um, and I really hope I Tony whispers <laughs> through the interview like he did in 24. Um, <laughs> let, let me ask you this question, because you've, you've made 63 brilliant episodes. And I, I love the 80s nostalgia that's coming through. I love the sci-fi. I love the, the, super na- you know, the, the superpower element to it all. Yeah. Of, of everyone you've interviewed, who were you most starstruck by? Oh, that's that's a good good one because uh, let me think. It's you know what I think Eric Roberts um, and Jane Seymour because Jane Seymour was in one of my favourite movies, which was Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeve, and and speaking to her, it's like speaking to royalty. Mm. And then Eric Roberts, I just think's awesome. Yeah. I re- I really do. And uh, but but funny enough. Eric Roberts was the one interview I was the most starstruck, but the most relaxed. And it was really weird. It, there's something about him that, that really calms you down. And, and, yeah. and it was, it was, but he it, was quite it was giving as well. Reason. He was quite open in the interview, wasn't he? Yeah. He was, uh, cause I, I, you know, you, yeah. you shared the stories about, he had a stutter, you had a stutter. He talked a lot about his yeah. wife and his children. And he was really, yeah. really giving, I thought. And he's lovely, and he's invited me, me and my wife out for oh, dinner wow. when when he's over in the That's UK. Lovely, isn't which it? which which my wife is actually absolutely <laughs> dreading, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. So, I mean, you asked him some wonderful. Was there anything you didn't want to talk about, though? Can you reveal anything like that? Do you know what? I think any every interview I've done, you come away thinking, "Oh, I should have asked this. I should I should have asked mm. that." You know, I have, uh, you know, my line of quest questions, you know, my bullet points that I want to get it, get across. And, um, you know, there's some some stars um, like um, like Thomas Jane that I could have spoken to him for hours, you know, about stuff, which, you know, I chat to him every now and again. And and I will will be getting him back on back onto the show oh, soon. Fantastic. So uh, I'm going to pick up where I, where I've loved him in I Deep left Blue off Sea. And... Just tell him I thought he was the man in Deep Blue Sea. Oh, do you know what? I saw Deep Blue Sea for the first time in Skegness in the cinema, and halfway through the film, they had an intermission. <laughs> it stopped yep. halfway through. That's how old that cinema is. It stopped for an intermission. Showed 70s graphics. Yep. For a toilet and break. It, I think it's hilarious. And I told Thomas Jane about that cinema. <laughs> well, that's funny because I was talking just the other day because we watched uh, Final Destination again. We hadn't seen it in years. And I said exactly the same thing about that cinema, that they would stop just in the middle. And it, they didn't bother for like, you know, let's find a moment that's appropriate. It just went <laughs> intermission. And then a little old deer <laughs> with a tray of ice creams just came waddling down the front of the aisle. And then everybody got up and went for a wee. And it was like, wow, we've we've travel back in time what's going on i know it's awesome it's changed now though apparently but but uh yeah that was great memories but guys do you know what this podcast that you're doing is fantastic um 
you know the story stories are ama- amazing what are your plans after you finish your bad script oh, he's turned it on us and look, look at this this is the interviewer isn't it turning it right <laughs> it back is, on us is. you see so i've got a really good the, question the, lined the, up there and he was like it's a brilliant question um the concept of the show and the reason why we called it bad scripts and it, it will morph into bad scripts presents last resort because i think if we we couldn't really write this in the same way if we tried now but what we have is there's, there's two ways we're thinking of taking this what we have is a lot of scripts we wrote back in the day, still in the attic, on different subjects and different things. But we also want to encourage other people to send us their scripts, and we can read their scripts, and and it gets oh. it out there. Mm-hmm. And then, it le- again, it leads up to the audience to decide whether they feel it's a bad script. And the question mark's so important there, because we're not saying it's a bad script. We're saying we're going to read it, and we can, you know, people can make that judgment of going, oh, it's a bit of a bad script, or, it's, you know, the acting's not too great. So there's a couple of ways we want to take it. And then we've got a little bit of a wild card. And I hope it's okay to say this, Steve, where actually we might create more of an interactive experience going forward mm-hmm. where people can write into us and give us the themes and the storylines and the characters and lines they wish to say. And Steve and I will write it and then we'll record it. And people can then have that interaction and then create the next show and the next show and the next show. So there's quite a few different directions as we play around with the format, but we've got quite a few scripts to fall back mm. on if, if we don't get anything. And uh, so we want to continue going with the next season, which will be a completely different script and a completely different theme. I don't know what your thoughts are to that, Brian. That's awesome. That 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 sounds fantastic. And um, um, and, and the interaction, I think, is going to be great. It really is because I'm sure that you're getting mess- messages all the time regarding you know the characters because they're great. <laughs> so I think I think that's it. And um, and Brian, you know, you can always throw some of your Hollywood friends towards us if they want to come and guest star and do some voices with us. And and even yourself, I will. I will and even definite. yourself, Brian, if you yourself fancy. If you fancy coming on and 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 doing a cameo and 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 having to go, then you're always more than welcome. Um, but I won't put you on the spot now and ask you to do it. But, <laughs> but I've got a question. I'm not very good at accents. Don't worry, you. Neither you've am not I. Heard it's us. okay. It's okay. <laughs> now I, I've got a question for you. Going back to be more super. Um, yeah. So obviously, a lot of this has happened, and and I think podcasts in general have have had a real surge because of what's been happening around the world with lockdowns and people have had time on their hands and wanted to do the things. I know that it's driven me and Mike to finally get our acts together and and record this. So when, when the world is open again, and, and, you know, I know you're a, um, you're a big um, attendee to a lot of the comic cons and similar conventions. um, Will you be taking your podcast on the road and chatting to people at the conventions? Is that a plan or is that? Yes. Not only am I going to be taking the podcast, I'm going to be taking my sturdy camera. Um, I'm going to get as many people involved from cosplayers to store holders to the guests. You know, I, I, I think after this COVID restrictions have been lift, lifted, there's going to be so much love and excitement and, and just a surge of just this, you know, explosion of you know, love out there. I just cannot wait. I really can't. Um, and I can't wait to get out there and actually meet people. And it's really strange when I'm getting mess- messages from, you know, the Comic-Con community saying that, that they like the show and everything like that. Because, you know, we're distant with technology and, and everything. It doesn't seem real. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a really strange experience that when you go to the conventions, 
Uh, so I've got Jason Joyner on, on the show, and he's the CEO of Showmasters. So he runs wow. London Film and Comic Con and, and, and the Milton Keynes and the Bir- Bir- Birmingham yeah. ones. So that should be an interesting chat to see how things are going to be after COVID, because obviously there's going to be some, you know, limitations <laughs> and restrictions put put into yeah. place. Um, but I can't wait. Yeah, I'm going well, out there as much as I can. <laughs> well, and that's cool because, um, <clears throat> Mike, we're both we're we're comic convergence, aren't we? We've not been before. No, really, <laughs> never, never been. been. Never been. But you know what? I wanted to. <laughs> I've wanted to. It's been a long time since I've been Honestly, able to describe awesome. myself as a virgin, but this, in what is one sense, when I've been really <laughs> excited, and you know, I'd really planned to do it maybe two years ago, and then obviously <laughs> the world decided a global pandemic was more important, so I haven't been able to. So no, I mean, hopefully, <laughs> what we'd really like to see is, and um, I suppose it's for the powers that be to there to do, is to see a live with an audience be more super. And I tell you what, if that happens, Brian, me and Mike will be in the front row cheering you on if that happens. So, 100%. Oh, bless you. Um, 100%. Absolutely so bless you. That, that's definitely oh, on the cards. Look, is, is, is he, have you been on the beer tonight? Is this what's happening? Is <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I, don't, I don't drink. I've got a coffee. Well, I've just drank a coffee. <laughs> well, Brian, so, listen, um, I am deeply in awe of everything you've done and incredibly proud of, of uh, what you've achieved for yourself um, you're a, you're self-made you're a, you're a prude to anyone listening that, that has an inclination to do this that you can do it with grit and, and real hard work and I think um, you're a true inspiration to us as well and I, I'm, you know I am honoured myself that you've come onto this show to talk about our little tiny tiny podcast um, so thank you so, I get so much get out of it it's going to get massive very very quickly <laughs> That is the thing about podcasts. Honestly, it would just skyrocket, and and uh, yeah, great things to come for you, for you guys, because it's wonderful. Thank you for having me on. It, it is my honour as well, and it's been lovely to catch up yeah, with you absolutely. too. So, it's been so great. Brian, to finish, um, did did you want to just um, just plug your your social yep. media handles and let everybody know how can how can they uh, listen to? We'll share it all in the description and everything, and we'll just tell us uh, how people can listen and uh, and how they can in, interact with you. Yeah, of course. So you can listen to the podcast uh, at uh, you know Be More Super the podcast on all podcast platforms. You can also watch it on YouTube by just putting in um be more super the podcast i'm just i just forgot my own show <laughs> and then you can <laughs> you can follow on instagram twitter tiktok facebook you name it any social me- media just put in be more super and we'll be Brilliant. there are you still on friends reunited and bebo that's the question <laughs> <laughs> and myspace <laughs> fantastic brian it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on i hope that we um, later on in, in, in maybe this season or next that you'll come back and join us again and we can have another great chat with you um, but from myself and Mike uh, thank you for joining us for everybody at home thank you for coming and listening to us uh, for, for the last hour we hope you've enjoyed yourself too and we'll see you next time on Bad Scripts Bad Scripts was written and performed by Mike Garlia and Steve Jones a Beach Tide production